I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Zach, wake up, man. We got to record. It's like 20 minutes. We were meant to start recording 20 minutes ago. Wake up. You're not even wearing your headphones. I don't know why I'm saying wake up. You're just sleeping on a Skype call. Oh, I've got to eat on the podcast. Don't eat on the podcast, dog. Uh, I'm just going to go watch Yearland again. What a great movie. I'm just going to watch it again. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 crap. The recording. Where's my headphones? Oh, so sorry about that. So sorry. Uh, Sajro, are you there? I'm here. Well, I just started watching Yeelan again, but I guess we can record now if you're finally awake. Yeah, 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 I'm awake, I'm awake. Sorry, I was watching Yeelan and I fell asleep because it was so lengthy paced. Wait, oh, you're telling me you (laughs) fell asleep watching one of the best movies we've done this year? No, I didn't, because I took a break um, in between the movie, (laughs) cut it in half, took a nap, and then came back, and then fell asleep in the second half. No. To be honest, I did that for From a Scream to... No, From a Whisper to a Scream, though, so I feel like... Oh, um, yeah, but I feel like that one... It's like four stories. Yeah, you could stop it on the second story, right, at the end of the second story, and then do the other two. Like, that one... This one I want. I'm, I'm, I'm merely... Pull in your leg. A little tug of the jowls there. A little, little, oh. little, right. little, <laughs> little <laughs> um, yank on the bootstrap there, you know. Sure, A sure. funny jest, if you will, for the podcast. Hello and welcome to Oldie But A Goodie, the only show where the presenters sometimes are awake, sometimes are asleep. You, you never <laughs> Don't know think this is happen. the only podcast where sometimes people are asleep. We are the two podcasters who have figured out how to sleep. No one else uh, has. Um, well, that's just because all other podcasters are AI robots. No one else has ever made a gag about sleeping before on a no, podcast. That is true. You're right there. And and if if someone has, don't tell me. I don't care. We don't care. Speaking of not caring, wow. this movie. <laughs> oh well, first we got to go say though that it's oldie but a goodie, and we talk about movies from 1987 in the order they came out in. Sometimes, kind of, unless we get an art house foreign movie. Uh, my name is Sandro, and your name is Zach. Yes. And this movie did come out in 1987. Mm. I'll go through the timeline for this movie's release just up top. Just in case people come in and are like, why are you talking about it? You're an 1987 podcast. Well, here's what happened. It premiered in Cannes. Cannes Film Festival, May 7th of 1987. Right. So that that was a while ago. Yeah. That was a big old while ago. That's a huge... uh, Years ago, practically. Exactly. Um, usually, though, we go by the American release date, mm. and Cannes was not in America. It's in France. Whoa. And there's nothing the USA hates more than French people. <laughs> um, Question mark? Uh, <laughs> um, maybe that's just me. Hang on, I'm just waiting. My stupid browser has decided to stop working and it had all the useful information oh, on it. Oh, that's good. You can cut that whole bit out then about how I, I and the entirety of America hate the French. <laughs> I don't know we've got any French listeners, so... Yeah, look, look. It's only because of what they do to frogs over there. Ah. Unbelievable. And snails as well. Those poor snails. Ah, uh, look, I've had escargot before. Very chewy. Mm. Don't know what I expected, to be honest. Mm. It was okay, but we had, like, the Coles version of it, you know? <laughs> it was just, like, a packaged, ready-made thing. That sounds awful, I'm not gonna lie. It wasn't It wasn't bad. Uh, no, I just mean the idea of, like, Coles <laughs> pre-packaged snails. <laughs> just sounds... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, like, French Coles. I don't know what it was, but it was, like... 
You know how it's it's France, so everything's a little high up echelon on the mm. food level. You know, there's a certain standard of food they have because we were in central France, right? Right. So it was it was high up coals. It was coals for fancy people. Gotcha, gotcha. So Woolies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a little Australian supermarket chain joke there for you. Haha, <laughs> that was that was great. I hoped you liked it. Yeah. Australian listeners. Not the majority demographic of our podcast. Yep. Well, you keep going by the American date, Sandra. Maybe you should try some of the Australian ones. Well, if we were by Australian release dates, we wouldn't get to do anything. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the 80s, everything came out like a year later. Yeah, and Australia didn't exist before then. Exactly. It didn't exist before whenever we were born, which was somewhere in between 1987 and 2006. And then our parents were hired for the uh, acting roles of Australians, you know. Oh, right, because Australia isn't real. Yeah, Australia isn't real, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, we're all actors putting on accents. Well, no, not the kids, not the kids. No, well, that's why kids don't sound like real Australians. Exactly, because real Australians don't exist. <laughs> we don't exist. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we usually go by the American release date. For this one, I went by the Canada release date. Because uh, it premiered in France, then it went to the Toronto Film Festival mm. uh, on the 13th of September. And that's the release date that we're going with. So for the sake of this podcast, right, the general premise is we're two friends. We're going to the cinema every single week, seeing what's brand new. Mm. This week, we just happen to be overseas on a little trip. We've crossed the border. We're on a trip in Canada. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, we we live in America, supposedly, in this universe. Mm-hmm. So going to Canada is not not out of the blue. No. And you, 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 or I? I guess I was like, hey, let's go see this movie across the border. Well, canonically, you are Canada, Zach. That is true. I am Canadian Zach. Because real Zach left the podcast when we did those two Tom Hanks movies last year and was replaced (laughs) by Canadian Zach, (laughs) which is you. I forgot about that canonical thing that I am. Um, Yeah, yeah, no. So I have a Canadian passport. So I I got us in and and we watched this movie. We got high off off maple syrup and we watched Yeelan. As, as... As we Canadians do. Yes. Um, so that's yeah. the release date that we're going by, the, the Toronto Film Festival release date. Because this movie didn't really get a theatrical run until, like, 1989. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, that's ages. It was just on the film festival circuit for ages. But what did you think of it? Obviously, you say you fell asleep, but did you fall asleep because you were sleepy? It was because I had no sleep last night because I'm an irresponsible human being. You are. But... I reached I reached Legend in Hearthstone, so you know I feel like. Didn't I'm you reach Legends in Hearthstone yesterday before we recorded the thing that we recorded yesterday? Yeah, so I was playing Legend in Hearthstone. Oh, you know, and I was getting high ranks, and then I lost a whole bunch of games, and then I went to bed. Uh, just just before we get into things, I'd like to shout out to my boy, um, Ro Raggy. <laughs> why, why are you shouting out Raggy? Yeah, because because you know. I said I'd shout him out, you know? You're shouting out Raggy. I mean, he does listen as well, I think, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Scorn Gaming, who we had a chat with before we did this podcast. It was a yes. fun time. We talked about that episode we recorded with him, uh, where we did Superman 4, and another movie which shall not be named, no. because it was somehow worse than... It was really bad. <laughs> we were talking 4. to him, partly because, over on Patreon... We are doing the Evil Dead movies at the moment. Um, We're doing Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, then the remake. And for the remake, Scorn asked to come on (gasps) and record that episode with us. No. And so he is going to be doing that. Well, that's good value for money. Exactly. Getting getting extra, extra movies, at least two of them per month, and getting extra guests on as well. And getting to hear the dulcet tones of Scorn gaming. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Thanks for listening, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Patreon. Yeah, we are doing Evil Dead. I think the first one's out. The Evil Dead is out. And then Evil Dead 2 is out next week. So uh, check it out. Link in the description if you want. But we still haven't gotten to our first impressions of Yeelan. This is going to be a long episode if we keep doing random tangents. <laughs> I, I, I like the random... This is what happened last week. <laughs> 
I feel like they make good podcasts, all right? I think it does make a better podcast, but mm. <laughs> but we're going to get YouTube comments being like, just go to the fucking movie, can't let it. Like, that's going to be all of the comments. I feel like that's only an improvement to our comment section, Sandra. True. It feeds the algorithm. If you think we should get to the fucking point, leave it in a comment down below. I mean, it's engagement, so it helps us out. Also, review us on iTunes and just have the review be get to the point, but also give it five stars. That'll help as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think that would be the perfect review. What did you think of Yeelan? <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Uh, look, I did get bored. I did get bored because right. it's very slow paced. It's deliberately slow paced, but that doesn't stop it from being slow paced. And I am dumb man thing. I have no attention span. Movie don't describe, have explosion, anything. You need the boom boom <laughs> and you need exposition constant. Yeah, Lee. yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, look, uh, it's a very art house movie. Mm. It's not my type of movie, I'll say. It's definitely not my type of movie. I really did like the story, though. I thought it was cool. Although, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah, look, the translation for this movie, not very good. No. I did have to look up plot details every now and then. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's good, because you can tell me what's happening at parts. I'm pretty sure I got the gist, and you don't really need all the details. No, not really. Um, like, I'm not sure... Was he being chased by his dad his dad and, like, another uncle? And then was going to an uncle? Yes, to all of that. Right, so there was another uncle there. Who's only in one scene. Yes, who was only in one scene, which vitally confused me. That was one part, like, if I had to pick one part that I didn't like, it was that one random scene with this uncle that we never see again. Yeah. That was a bit unnecessary. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Although, he was one of the coolest looking characters. With the blonde, like... Yeah. Facial hair? But patchy clothes. I was mm. like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Otherwise, the plot was a little hard to follow, I'll admit. Right, okay. And the translation's not great for this, I found. Yeah, what did you think? I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It's like micro-budget. Like, the most expensive thing apart about this movie is the camera that they use, probably. <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. Which is good because the camera is incredible, and I think all the the shots were very well kind of planned yeah. out. Every single shot of this movie looks like a painting. It's so well done. Yeah, yeah, I was I was definitely thoroughly impressed. What was the budget? Don't know. No idea how much it cost. No idea how much it made. It wouldn't have made much because it was just on the film festival circuit. And then a very limited run a few years later. But for what we presume is very little money, they made an amazing work of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I mean, there's one actor who's done other things. And aside from that, it's just kind of capturing life, really. Who, who is that? The king. The king. Ah, yes, the king. Yep. Yes. The king has done a few things before, um, like lots of West African movies, and then kind of broke out into like the French kind of art house scene. Okay. So he's been around everyone else. I couldn't find any details on them. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I really liked it. It's less slow. I think it's more just... It's less interested in being a movie movie. It's more interested in just, like, capturing real life, which is the same thing that we saw with, like, Stranger Than Paradise, that black and white film we did last year, which was... That entire film was just, let's try and make a movie that feels like a bunch of sad people in an apartment. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. You know? Like, it's more interested in just showing what people are really like than being a, a movie that we, we would yeah. usually watch. I definitely liked it more, I think, than the black and white movie. Oh, no, that one was actually all right as well. That one was very different. Yeah, I think both movies had choices, which I didn't personally like, but mm. I can see why they made them. 
there are a lot of long scenes where it's just like rituals and praying and well, stuff I like, like that. that. Those ones, I like those ones more. I didn't like the ones where he was just walking for ages. Oh, I like that though because it looked really good. It looked really good, but I can go outside right now and I can walk around in a circle oh, several times. And I but can you can't same... walk around like the rocky mountains of West Africa. You're not going to be able to do that. I'm a white person. I can just get my dad to book me a ticket to Africa, you know? That's how it works. I'd right? watch that reality TV show. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, there isn't one. There's probably 20. I'm sure James May did one. James May goes to Africa and his dad pays for it and he's like, I'm James May, what am I doing here in Africa? And that's not how he talks at all. What the heck is that? No, no, I was going to say, they have never made entire TV shows about bratty white kids in just reality situations. They've, they've, they've never done that. never done that. But have they never. done with comedian white kids before? Yeah, they've done that as well. They've, they've, they've already done it. Anyway, uh, those are the first impressions. Zach, you picked the movie. The other options of this week, let's go through them, see if any of them were any good. Hmm. The first one is probably the only one that I think we would have done aside from this, and that's The Curse, Mm. also known as The Farm, which is the adaptation of the Lovecraft story, Colour Outer Space, about a meteor crashes near a farm and things go crazy. Yeah, we do love our Lovecraft. This show loves craft. We don't love Lovecraft, we love Lovecraftian. Nope, we love the guy. No, no. Ooh. He was not, no. We love horror on Mm. this show. Yes. Your other options were Deadline, Christopher Walken goes to Beirut as a journalist during the Lebanese Civil War, could have been okay. okay. Epidemic, okay. which is just two hours of a director and a screenwriter talking about ideas for various horror movies that they could make. That's funny, yep. L- L- Lars von Trier, the director, very hit or miss. Uh, that one, I saw a clip of it on YouTube and it looks so up itself that I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> ah, oh dear. There was also King Lear, which does look really interesting, which is kind of a Shakespearean story, kind of. It's like William Shakespeare Jr. the fifth was in Chernobyl and has to save the world's art. Yeah, that's funny. No, that sounds like that could have been quite good. I was actually very tempted to pick that one. It's also very much art house. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I decided to go with this one because I think uh, saying that we've done... A, a sort of African art house film. Mm. Like, it's on the checklist of things to do mm. on the podcast, you know? Yeah, the only other foreign film we've done this year is uh, that Mirage Hong Kong Gotta Kill All the Goats movie. Oh, yeah! <laughs> With one of the best endings of all time. What though. was the ending? Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> explosion. <laughs> that film was great. Fantastic. It kind of got really boring in the middle, but it was, uh, it was yeah, pretty yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, but what an ending. Your last two options were Star Slammer, which will definitely be a Patreon option at some point. <laughs> two women have been unjustly confined to a prison planet, and they've got to make their escape and deal with lesbian guards, crazed wardens, <laughs> and mutant rodents. You know it's good when they have to mention that the guards are lesbians. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that won't be a plot point. And then finally, there was Sammy and Rosie Get Laid, which was about swinging. Yep. We already did that other gross movie. We're not going to do another one. Yeah. Uh, well, we've already talked about the release date. We've already talked about the cast uh, in that only one other cast member really did anything else. The mm. other thing to mention is that it's written, produced, and directed by Suleiman Sisse, I think is how you say that last night. We're probably going to mm-hmm. butcher the pronunciation of a lot of this, but I've done my best to try and find out how to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. That's That's more than I put in. I was just like, nope. Not even gonna try. I'm just gonna make up names for everything. Don't do well. You've got the dad character, the evil sorcerer dad. You've got bang the king's wife son. Um, you've got spoilers. <laughs> Oh yeah, go see the movie if you want to see an art house movie. Oops. Yeah, I recommend it. Go watch it. A hundred and fifty year old mum. Rude. Guy who's not really blind. Uncle. You mean the actor wasn't blind at all? Yeah. No, look. No. Yeah. Look. <laughs> I would never imply such a thing. <laughs> There's that sick ass looking uncle for that one scene, and my favorite character, chicken that's about to light on fire. It's, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that very shortly. <laughs> I've got, yeah. 
really started off the film on a um, on an animal abuse foot, um, uh-huh. but uh, it's okay. Well, uh, the director though, mm. he's done a lot of great stuff. He's still working, which is pretty impressive, seeing as it like he's over eighty. Wow, <laughs> he's still making movies. He made this movie in the seventies, right? He made this West African movie in the seventies and got arrested because. He accepted French funding on that movie. Whoa. And they were like, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. The plot of that movie as well looked particularly kind of hard to watch as well, so that could also be a part of it. Wow, okay. Little little bit of shenanigans there, taking a bit of a French bribe. The French money. This has 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score is 71%. Granted, very mm. small reviews on both sides. Yeah, there's not many reviews. But most of them were positive. As is the case with movies like this, if you're going to watch it, you're the sort of person who would like it anyway. Mm. If you're going to try and find this hard-to-find African movie, you're going to probably like it if you're going to that much effort to find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, the reviews are definitely skewed in favour of the movie because the people who've actually watched it actively sought it out to watch it. Exactly. It's got, yeah, pretty positive ratings all around. It did win a bunch of awards. It won the jury prize at Cannes. Very impressive. Very good, very good. For a movie to win that. It was nominated for the Palme d'Or, the biggest prize at the Cannes Film Festival. It was nominated for that. Mm. Pretty much if you're in the film festival circuit, you're seen it's like, it's won that one. It's nominated for the biggest award. You're like, all right. This is one of the big movies of 87. It's good, it's, it's good stuff. It's yeah. good stuff. Uh, and that's all I've got to say, really, about the credits. Yeah, so we should probably just jump in, go through this plot. There's not much to go through, but we can go through the important bits, you know? Uh, one thing we could mention up top is um the setting of the movie. Mm. At the very end, we find out that it's definitely set in the past, like the 13th, 12th century yeah. sort of uh, time. And also, um, it doesn't say in the opening of the film, but this is based off a legend told by the Bambara people as well. So it is kind of adapting the legend that, that these... Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so classic stuff. That's why I like um the Crocodile movie we did. Yeah, same sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, because I, I really love... The ancient tales told by mouth yeah. over generations. Some of those are fantastic. Like, I love The World Serpent, one of my favourite. Really good one. And they always make really, like, interesting movies as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly if the people who tell those stories then make the movie, which I think is part of what makes this movie so, so good as well. Like, people who understand the story and aren't white. Um... <laughs> But yeah, if we jump into the, the plot itself, the movie does start off with a shot of a chicken on fire. Yeah, I was a little concerned. I was as well. I was like, hey, is that an actual chicken on fire? It is an actual, that, that is an actual chicken that's been set on fire. I think they put the chicken out after shooting the scene. I would hope so. Did they, or did they just let it cook? Well, Get you nice cooked chicken for, for your movie scene. Well, the chicken wasn't making the biggest racket the chicken could have. Yes. So I think they just set the chicken on fire then yep. filmed the scene for like two seconds and then put it out which granted not very good yeah this chicken had a rough one of it but um if you're gonna set a chicken on fire I guess that's a good way to do it but just don't set a chicken on fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, okay yeah yeah that's great, Sancho. Great that you thought their procedure of lighting a chicken on fire was the proper one. <laughs> Perhaps. The problem was the chicken was alive, I feel. I feel yep. like that's the real problem. If it was a dead chicken, we would have been like, oh, R.I.P. chicken. That's but just a roast chook. Yeah, now that's going to be some KFC, you know. This is just a KFC um, documentary at this point. But it was alive at the time, which was very concerning. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing with uh, Mirage. There was a lot of animals being hurt in the making of that movie as well. No, but were they actually, though? I don't think they were actually hurt, were they? Don't they grab a goat by the neck on a motorbike or something? Oh, yeah, that one. That one's a bit rough. They, like, shoot a bunch of horses. There was, there was one thing where they had, like, him slit the throat of a horse... Oh, that was in that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, that was definitely, like, fate. They did that one. Yeah. 
it was fake abuse, but it was still abuse, you know, <laughs> yeah. for these poor animals. Nowadays, like, practical effects always better when it comes to animal violence, animal <laughs> gore. I'm glad that CGI exists. <laughs> just just going out on a limb I and saying that. I loved where that, that line was going. It was like, practical effects are the best effects nowadays, so we should kill all the <laughs> kill animals. All animals on, si- on screen. Release it in the cinemas. <laughs> on screen. Scar the kids. That Cats and Dogs movie, remake mm. it. I want actual cats with, gu- with guns <laughs> shooting these poor dogs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining a hipster be like, CGI's ruining all movies. All movies. They've got to go back to their roots and actually slaughter animals on screen. I want to go back to, to the old days of Milo and Otis. You know, that movie where oh. they killed like 10 dogs and 10 cats on screen? Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. All I'm saying is that it was a different time and they lit a chicken on fire. It's probably the only part of this movie that doesn't age well. So the reason the chicken has been set on fire, though, is because it's on this, like, sacrifice post. The evil sorcerer dad, right? The villain, kind of, of the movie is this evil sorcerer dad uh, who is calling upon the gods to let him track his his son that he needs to kill. Yeah, I'm going to call him Saucy Dad from now on. I hate that, but I don't <laughs> yep. absolutely hate that. So I'm fine yeah. with that, I guess. Yeah, no, but I love I loved the magic in this film. It mm. was pretty great. I love that he's just like praying to the gods, sacrificing this chicken, and then this like blackened tree stump lights on fire, yeah. you know? And and the chicken itself engulfed in flames. There was a big eruption of flames, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a strong foot." We don't really know why he wants to kill his son. No, and do we find out um... exactly? I think it's because he stole the beads. The mum stole the beads. Yeah, the mum stole the dad's magical beads. Um... Yes. I thought as well, because the, the, there is a scene later on where Saucy Dad... <laughs> where Saucy Dad goes to, like, this wizard council? Yeah, yeah, the council of, like, elders, yeah. almost. Yeah. And I kind of saw it as the sun is, like, the new wave of magic users, maybe. He's, like, the future. Mm, yeah. Uh, so the dad's like, oh, this young rascal's got magic and he's gonna do it. Not our way. I don't know. I'm probably just reading into that a little bit. I was just, like, I thought the dad was, you know, angry at the mum and then the mum ran off with things and taught him magic where he's not supposed to know magic sort of thing or not. Yeah. Maybe he's not supposed to exist. I don't know. Either way... The dad was just kind of a dick. Yeah, the the dad just really wants to kill the son. And the son's like, but I don't want that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I also think he made up stuff that, like, the son had broken the law or something. Like, the yes. dad just made it up. Yeah, because the dad at one point says that he saw the son make the evil uncle disappear in front of him. Yeah. Which we never see. That's definitely a lie. Yeah. Perhaps saucy dad, not such a great guy. Not so saucy after all. Saucy, but also mm. evil. Saucy evil dad. Mm, evil saucy. Saucy dad. Saucy dad. Uh, I hate all of this. Um... <laughs> The son sees that the dad is coming to kill him, so... Yeah, he sees it in a vision in a pensive. Which is cool. A bowl of, I think, ordinary water, but he's using uh, magic. The Mm. magic, uh, one of the ways that they use magic is by spitting. Yes. There's a lot of spitting in this movie. Then uh, he has a conversation with his mother, and his mum's like, Hey, love you, son. You're the best. We've got to get out of here before your dad comes. And he's like... Hey, mum, why is the dad chasing us? Why did you marry dad? And she's like, how fucking dare you ask me about me marrying your father? Yes. You little piece of shit. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, mum. I didn't mean to offend you. And she's like, ah, that's all right. You're fine. Actually, I'm over it now. I wish you the best, son. Here's the magic bees. Go off and find your blind uncle. Yes. He's up in this place. You you got to get out of here. I'm going to go pray in a lake. Yes. And that's most of the movie is the son just walking, mm. just trying to find the uncle. He gets sidetracked for a little bit, uh, which we'll get to. But that's pretty much all of the movie. The dad is looking for the son with this magic pole. 
which is so good. Yeah. I love the idea of this magic pole. I love as well that the magic pole needs two people to carry it. Yeah. And these two poor people are just running around constantly carrying this pole. Yeah, but you can see that they're like tired. Yeah. They're like tired, exhausted slaves almost to this magic. Because he can make them do what he wants. Mm. So he's just forcing them to carry this pole. It's pretty rough life for them. I felt bad. And the dad is always talking about, like, even at the bottom of an anthill, I'm going to find my son and kill him. Oh, yeah. He's constantly chanting as they he, like, casts the, the magic on the pole and they're walking along. He's constantly going through hills and mountains and underground. Burn away anything in my way, O oh lords of sky and earth. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh shit, this guy's a little little hardcore, you know? Exactly. We do get this one scene, which was a little odd, mm-hmm. um, where the sun is in the desert, comes across a tree, and in the tree is like this human playing a talking hyena. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. It was, it was a, like a, a monkey. Because it looks like a, um, it looks like a, a baboon. I was thinking hyena because, like, we heard the laughing of a hyena while it was up there, but I was also like, why is a hyena up in a tree? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I think that was just a thing in the background they had. No, I think it was, like, a monkey man laughing at him. I wish we had more of him, but um, this is the only scene we get of him, unfortunately, which is him just laughing at this kid going, ha, you have a big destiny ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just cool. I like that sort of story, though, where it's our lone adventurer just coming across weird characters. It's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was It was very Cheshire Cat, you know, yeah. just this random-ass character that appears. It was good. Very Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it was good stuff. Eventually, he wanders into a herd of cows. Mm. The shepherds. Are they shepherds if it's a... Yeah, yeah, it's shepherds. Cow shepherds. Cowboys. Cow lads. Cow lads. Ooh, the lads. The cow lads. (laughs) The cow lads. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're talking. All right, the cow lads are like, Oi, he's in our cows. He's trying to steal our cows. Everyone's Australian in this movie. (laughs) Oi, oi, you bloody cunt. Get out. <laughs> we swearing so much. I don't know. But you said Australian. That's true. That's yeah, true. yeah. We're Australian. Oh, we've got to crack open a VB. Time and time. It's the 13th century. VB doesn't exist yet. Oh, VB's been around for eons. Yeah. It's the VB in your heart. <laughs> the Australian heart. Oh, speaking of VB, I keep forgetting to mention it, but I've started streaming in character. Uh, my friend Brian and I, we play these characters, uh, Australian rappers, Kegel and Greg, mm. and, we're, and we're live on Twitch kind of every Sunday. I'll put a link in the episode description, but all of our alerts are VB themed, and that's why it um mm. just reminded me. If you don't know what VB is, it's this really, really bad brand of Australian beer. It sucks. <laughs> it's the worst, but it's just a giant meme. I would never disgrace our lord and master VB. His blaspheming words. I Come- never, ever want to get a sponsorship by a beer brand, and that's why I'm totally fine with just... I would absolutely love to be sponsored by any beer brand. Carlton Draft, get on it. <laughs> I will absolutely shill out. If you need... You you want it, you got it. <laughs> exactly. I'll... I'll sh- I'll wear a wife beater, I'll wear, you know... I think if you call it a wife beater, we're not going to get sponsored. <laughs> no, but that's the demographic, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oops, did I say that? You've got... Well, we, we, we just lost all possible... No! <laughs> anyway, they spot him in these cows. This is why we don't record at night. <laughs> I think this is a great episode so far. <laughs> I'm enjoying it so far. It's good stuff. <laughs> this is a... Excellent episode. So they spot him in the cows and are like, Oi, get out get out of our cows. He's trying to steal him. Get him, boys. Get him, lads. And so they capture him. They take him to the king of the tribe, the tribal king. Mm, mm, a grand king of the tribes. He's good. I also liked as well how he needs an interpreter for the start to talk to him. Because um, he only speaks like the Bambera language and they're speaking another one. And he tells his men, hey, let's kill this young bloke. Let's kill him. And one of the guards does. He raises his spear. But 
our young magical lead character uses magic and a puff of like blue smoke yeah. to freeze the guy just as he's about to stab him. Yeah, it was like, oh crap, this guy's frozen in place. And then they're all like, oh, maybe we shouldn't mess with this guy. <laughs> this guy's kind of kind of got some powerful magic stuff going. And so cut to outside the village. Mm. They are attacked by some warriors. Now we have a weird interpretation of this attack. Where it's actually a uh, a standoff, and two of them butt heads in a like competition of strength. Yes, they uh, they have this thing, and one of them loses. Uh, presumably, the village guy yes. loses. Yeah, he stabs himself, and we're like, "Oh, cut back to the village." Guy shows up, and he's like, "Yeah, everyone else is dead." We're getting attacked by warriors. We're all going to die. Yeah, and so the king's like, well, I just saw this dude do magic. Can you help out? If so, we'll let you go. <laughs> and the guy was like, all right. Yeah. But it's going to be a little tricky. Going to need one of those fresh horse femurs. The right leg of a horse. Well, the bone, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not the actual leg. Oh, no, that no, would be no. ridiculous. I like this scene a lot where he, um, no. he does the ritual with the bone. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. You snap the bone, you you hammer it into the beehive, I think mm-hmm. it was, and then you spit on it. Snap, hammer, spit. And then boom, the warriors are attacked by a horde of angry bees. Yes. And they're like, "Oh, that was cool." And that that sucks. That would work on like armies nowadays, you know. The bees are the worst. I don't like bees. Yeah, what what is your AK47 going to do against a bee? A lot more damage. Yeah, but you shoot into a swarm, right? You get like 20 bees, yeah? Yeah. There's still 150 more bees that are going to attack you. Lo- oh, wait, There's you a lot mean of bees. No, no, no. I thought you were saying an AK-47 would do less damage than a bee. I was like, that's not true. But if you're saying an AK-47 wouldn't work against a bunch of bees, then yes, that is 100% true. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying <laughs> the US military should switch from guns to bees. The US military should switch to from guns to bees. They do less damage in the world. Yeah, at least there'd be a lot more honey in the world. So yeah, there's a lot of bees, but also fire as well. As they try and run away from the bees, he cuts them off with fire so they can't run away. And that looked very hot, and the flames very close to the actors. Real close. Yes, that would have been toasty. Mm-hmm. Movies, especially foreign movies back then, the safety standards, quite low for humans and animals. Mm, agreed. Which um, we definitely saw in Mirage, and we're seeing again here. Which, granted, does make for pretty cool like sequences, but also oh, yeah. my th- thing always is make whatever piece of art you want as long as you're not hurting anyone and i think with this sort of attitude you might hurt someone yeah but you know good movie the king's like oh oh thanks bud you're the best let let me let me give you a wife yeah give you a wife i'll give you a home i'll give you a son i won't the wife will give you a son but i will give you the wife and therefore i am giving you the son yeah i would give you a son that would be weird i mean if you want one i can make it happen look we'll we'll figure it out you're the best i love you man yeah and the guy's like ah nah don't worry about it i gotta go gotta do this whole destiny thing have a shine off with my dad you know exactly and the king's like all right fine that's cool but uh look you did kind of try to steal our cows so i'm gonna ask you for help and then we'll let we'll let you go one more thing yeah yeah one one last favor before you go uh my youngest wife she's barren and we don't want her to be barren and can you help her with magic oh yeah he can I didn't love how they use the term cure her, but yeah, that's his current thing to do. Yeah, he he goes off with the young wife and he definitely cures her. Cures her with his penis <laughs> because they bang. My translation said, my cock betrayed me. Yes, yes, that's what, that's what I had as well. And I was like, is that the real, is that the direct translation? It wasn't. It's it's penis, not cock. But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. His, yeah the, the, the point still stands, which he, he talks with the king. No, something certainly is standing, I'll tell you what. Oh, it's his penis. <laughs> so they come back after all this and he's like, Oh man, you're gonna have to kill me. I'm not coming for forgiveness. I need you to just murder me because I deserve death because I banged your wife. And the king's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> you're gonna have a leave. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow, you really you took the the punch out of that scene. Ah, <laughs> oh, shut. Oh man, not again. Nah, I'm the cuckold king, and I've been cuckolded <laughs> no. again. No, you took the whole bite of that scene. It's one of the best scenes of the film. It is it's really so good because they tell him, and he's like. Mm. And like he's like like he's holding back a punch, you know what I mean? He's holding back his anger, yeah, like because he's got to be kingly, yeah, because he's a king and he's got to make these decisions. He's not sure what to do at this point. You see him struggling, and he's like, on the one hand, this little rat bastard banged my wife. On the other, he saved the village. Yeah, you know, yeah, he did. I wouldn't be a king anymore, right? In the end, because he was going to offer him a wife anyway, he offers him this one and yep. tells them both to leave. They're married from this point onwards. There's no ceremony, but I guess the king was like, yeah, you're married. Yeah, I mean, he's a king, so he says, you're married, you're married now. Meanwhile, the evil sorcerer dad is sacrificing a dog and an albino man to the gods to help him further on his mission to track the sun. Mm. And we never see the murder of of the man but just the fact that this dad has gone that far he's doing blood sacrifices of people now right he's moved past animals he's doing people and a dog and the dog and a dog and that's way worse than killing people is dogs that's why there's a whole site dedicated to is the dog dead does the dog die? Does the dog die? This dog dies? This is a dead dog. Supposedly. Off screen. Yeah, the chicken's the only graphic thing that's on screen for this whole film. Yeah. The rest is not. It's not even that graphic, but yeah. It's, well, uh, it's an actual chicken in pain on fire. So I don't know, it is kind of graphic. Rough. So then, having sacrificed these people, made more sacrifices, he mm. has a better idea of where the sun is, and he goes to meet the Como, uh, which is... It's in the sky. I'm done. <laughs> He's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> um, he goes to meet the Como, which is the Council of Sorceresses. Not sorceresses. <laughs> Sorcerers. Saucy boys. Uh, yeah, the Council of Sorceress. Ah, oh, did it again! What are you... The Sorcerers! I've been reading The Witcher, right? Ah. I've been reading The Witcher, and I'm up to the part where they're establishing the Council of Sorceresses. So yeah. It's just in the mind. Also, Triss over Yennefer any day. Whoa! Um, whoa! In the books. Whoa! Whoa! Sandro, we're not getting political on the show. <laughs> we're avoiding politics. So, he meets with the council. Nothing really happens in the scene, but I thought it was quite good, because we see them all chatting. We get a montage of them drinking this really strong drink, and then going, ah. I was drinking my coffee rum while watching this movie, and during the scene, I was like, ah. Anyway, we don't promote drinking on this podcast. Uh, no, no, no. Unless it's VB or Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stone and Wood? I'd love Stone and Wood. Stone and Wood are legitimately good. They are great. Yeah. But they're craft as well. Yeah. Little Creatures is all right. Moondogs, all right. Two Birds, pretty great. Mm. Anyway, who cares? This is not interesting to any of our non-Melbourne <laughs> <laughs> Great Northern's pretty good. Is it? Oh, it's all right. It's very popular at the store at the moment. I don't know why. Anyway, that scene just kind of goes on and on. I really liked the moment when I think it's the Elder is like, well, even the sharpest blade cannot cut its own handle. I, I can't remember what that was in reference to, but that's a good line. I think he was referring to his, like, magic and he wants to cut the kid off the magic. Mm. But he, like, can't cut the magic off or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or the fact that they are intertwined or something. Oh, yeah. He can't kill his son because he's part of him, you know? And then they have this little ritual where he's he's going around. Kind of singing, spelling. Yeah, yeah. Incantation, perhaps. That was cool. That was the moment when I went, this film's going to go full art house at the end. Like, the way that that was kind of directed, I felt mm. like, oh, hang on. I think I know what this director's doing. Mm. I think it was this scene that made me go, maybe Zach's not going to like this as much as me. Because it was, like, that mm. was when I went, this is kind of dragging on a bit, and this is more about capturing real life. I liked, I liked this scene, yes, but... Um, the movie as a whole, I think, could have been 40 minutes shorter. 
Well, that's the thing. We've been going through the plot now for about half an hour, and we are an hour and 20 minutes into the movie in terms of the plot. We didn't really talk about the plot so much in our, in our hour-ish of reviews. I mean, we have been going off on random rants about Carlton Draft. Yeah, yeah. I think I think other outside effects had something to do with it. But we're nearing the end of the plot because the guy gets to his uncle. Yes. And they take a little shower in a sacred springs that they talk about for a bit that had nothing to do with the plot. I like that, though. They're like, we smoke cigars because it makes clouds, <laughs> and then the clouds fall down, and now we've got this infinity shower. That was baller. They were like, yeah, we sit by the spring, and if it ever gets, you know, if we ever need more water, we just smoke a fat joint, <laughs> and and then the smoke that we make becomes a cloud and rains. I was like, that's cool. I like that. That's that. Yeah, they were ballers. Yeah. See, that is why I like this movie, though. There's lots of small things like that where you get an insight mm. into another culture. That's what I like about just like movies in general, right? Is the chance to see, you know, what how other people live. And this movie does have a very thin plot, but it is more interested in just showing you what other people are like. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and so he meets up with his uncle, and his uncle's like, I, I love that you're here, lad. Let me tell you what's going to happen. So, I got this uh, wing, right? Mm. This wing of ultimate power. It uh, shines so bright, maybe blind. Sort of. I'm not really blind, but I'm just pretending. But that's mm-hmm. for the movie's sake. That's where the title of the movie comes in, because Yelan translates roughly to brightness. Yes, or light. Yeah. The title of the movie on, like, the American VHS is Brightness. So I think when I name the episode, I'll do Yelan and then Brightness in brackets. Yeah. But, it like, the more direct translation is light. Yeah, you, you get the idea, though, that yeah. he... Uh, it, it it be bright, turning a guy blind. And he tells him he sees, like, the future of the guy's, like, children or whatever. Yeah, he says that the wife is pregnant. Yeah, yeah, with a son. And the son is going to go through great adversity, but ultimately uh, come out on top as a hero. Mm. Um, the son's going to lead their people, like, into slavery or something. He mentions that this is coming. Yeah, poor Sia seeing the future. That would have been rough. And yeah, he tells him all these things, which was quite a good scene. I, I didn't mind it. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. And then he's like, hey, your dad's coming. You're going to fight him and stuff, and then the world's going to go to crap. Yeah, he's like, you're going to fight the dad, and then basically all you, like, from that point onwards, some bad stuff's probably going to happen, but ultimately we will come out on top. Yeah. Uh, he gives his cloak to the wife to then pass down to his child. Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's, he's about to go face his father and probably die. Mm. So, he goes out onto the Great Plain to face off his dad. We see the dad, saucy dad, and his boys. Yeah, his magic pole. And his magic pole. Saucy dad and his pole mm-hmm. approaching. And I love that he's, like, chanting, doing the whole, like, finding his son chant. Yes. As his son's standing there. But he doesn't know that, you know, mm. until the guys like that he's forcing to find the sun just stop moving. And he's like, hang on, keep moving. But they don't need to move. And then the pole flies out of their hands and lands in the middle of the dad and the son. Yeah. And the dad's like, ah, oh, found him. Cool. Ah, oh, here you are. <laughs> Cool. Nice. How to die. How about that? They never have a battle of words, which is what I was kind of expecting them to have like this big conversation about the future of magic or whatever. Oh, right. No. Yeah. The son is just like, hey, dad, this is the first time we're talking. How's it going? Um, why do you want to kill me? And the dad's like, ah, you'll find out when you're dead, idiot. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much all we get. <laughs> yeah. And, and the son's like, wow, fuck you then, I guess. And then they face off. And I was, I was a bit disappointed. I did kind of want to know why the dad wanted him dead so badly. But yeah. I guess that's for you to interpret. Yeah, it's not, mm. never really spelled out. There was a moment when uh, we see over the dad's face this elephant and then over the son's face this lion. And I was like, are they going to turn into animals? Yes. But that didn't happen. And a bull. So that's what the wise men were talking about yeah. as well. That was one of the things. The... the 
a council of sorcerers. They talked about how he was like an elephant chasing a bull or something, you know? Was it that? I think it was that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had some, some metaphors in that. Also about how, like, they were different animals just sort of chasing each other. And it, it would have been better just to let the bull go, you know, sort of thing. They were trying to convince him not to murder his son. But he was like, nah, I'm not having any of it. And um, that's what he tries to do right now. The dad tries to summon the powers, the magical powers he has to kill the son. And then the son summons the powers of the wing. And yeah. ultimately, the wing wins out because it's just so damn bright yeah. that it basically wipes them off the face of the earth. Yeah. Turns them into eggs. Yep. <laughs> it does. We wow. hear the sound of, like, a bomb going out. The whole screen turns white. And then we see the wing and the magic pole in, like, a desert? Yep. A bit more sandy than originally we saw. Yes, so did the wing just nuke them? I think the wing nuked them. Yeah, wow. And turned them into eggs. And turned them into eggs, yes. Now, who who came first? The saucy dad or the egg? The saucy dad <laughs> or the egg? <laughs> That's the real question. And then we cut a few years into the future. The good guy's son has been born. His mother gives mm. the son the cloak, so we know that it's the son. Then the son goes out into the desert to where the wing and the eggs are and picks up one of the eggs mm. and gives it back to his mum. And then the movie ends. Yeah. Which, the entire ending, definitely up to interpretation. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Look, th there was this whole thing. So they showed earlier, actually, the son tying the goat to a statue sort of thing, but we didn't know what that was. Right at the side of the movie, yeah. And you go back to that scene, it's, oh, that was that all about. Because we saw in the Council of uh, Sorcerers the statue, mm. but the statue didn't have the wing. And now you see the statue has the wing and yes. the cloak and everything, so it's sort of representing the dad, uh, well, the son, I should say. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it's cool. I'm not entirely sure what it means. No. I think that's where my interpretation of, like, the dad's trying to kill the son because the son's, like the new era of magic, because now mm. the sun's son has the egg, which is, like, the power, and he's going to do good with... I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It leads off into a future. Maybe if I was familiar with the original legend, it would make more sense, and I really should have read up on that before we did this, but, you know. I don't think you need to. I think the whole point is that the dad was possibly against the future sort of thing of everything, mm. and the, the, the son is like, hey, me and my son... We're going to represent the future for us, and yeah. we're going to do it our way. And so, yeah, they, they faced off cancelling each other out. Now it's left to the son's son. I like that, though, the idea of the dad and the son cancel each other out, and then the new son has to uh, kind of take both of their places. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. It's, it's good, cool. it's good. It's like Star Wars, but uh, not sci-fi and nothing at all like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So that is Yeelin. Uh That's the movie. I really liked it. I thought it was re really good. Mm. It is one of those films that you've got to treat as something unlike the sort of movies we usually cover, which is, I'm mm. going to switch myself off and I'm just going to watch a dumb movie. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then we're going to talk about it and make some jokes. Mm. With this movie, it's not necessarily that you've got to think while you're watching it. You've just kind of got to get into the mood, I think. So it's definitely a nice change of pace, but I would like to go back to my safe space now. Which is dumb garbage. Fair enough, fair enough. So, I, I will give this movie an oldie. Mm-hmm. Not that it is a bad movie, as we always need to stress. Exactly. We'll give an oldie. Just not my real type of movie, um, as I'm not super into art house sort of movies. But I could definitely appreciate it for what it was. Yeah. It's not, it's not my favourite film that we've done this year. I don't think it's amazing. Because there are some parts of it that did drag on a little bit. But I really, really like how it was shot. As I mentioned, every scene looked incredible. The movements of the actors felt like it was all kind of pre-planned. I thought that was all great. I'm going to give it a goodie. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, add or remove? Add or remove. I would remove 40 minutes of downtime. You'd make it just an hour long. An hour and ten minutes, you know. 
It's definitely, it, it would take away something from the movie, but it would also give me half an hour of my life back. You just want the, um, the Zacco cut. That's what <laughs> wow. you want. The Zacco cut, which is just, wow. it just makes it short. Yeah, but also, also, I replaced the main dad with that one actor that played the <laughs> uncle for that one scene, because he was far more intimidating. I did really like the blonde, patchy beard uncle. That was very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or at least add him into two scenes. We find out what happens to him, but yeah. I would remove the chicken burning, just don't hurt chickens, and then I would add a better translation. Let's get this movie on Blu-ray and have a new group of translators go through it and translate the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Next segment. It's time for River 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 Raving Reviews. It's the part of the show where I go to our good old Rotten Tomatoes. Bad old Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Raving Reviews. Uh, I go not to the uh, critic score because all the critics were like, "Oh, it's artsy stuff. We love it." They ah. said what I said. That massive, that massive amount, and you were like, "Just hurry up and just rate it a goodie already." That was me. Yeah, that was all the critics. All the critics were just doing that when this movie came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, the regular Joe, was like, "Just, but just move on." Yeah, look, I, I don't need you to recap the whole movie again. I read your review. <laughs> just, just, just rate it a goodie. Um, no. They all obviously love this movie. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, not without merit. It's 90% and there's 10 reviews. So one critic really hated it and the others all enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. But we go for the audience score because, as we know, the audience aren't corporate shills. And, and, and a collective crowd is always more intelligent than the average person, right? So logic being that these reviews should be perfect. Ah, uh, yep. So I'm going to read them out, and then Sandro has to guess the score that they've rated it from mm-hmm. 0.5 to 5. To a big old fiver, yeah. First review is from Robin, who says, Visually fantastic Ooh. and full of meaningful imagery. You just don't know what that meaning is. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much my review. So what would you rate it, Sandro, um, if it's just like your review? Well, mm. I'm... My rating for this movie is somewhere between 3.5 and 4. Mm, mm. Um, I'm going to go 4, I think. I'm going to go 4 out of 5 for this review. That's what I'm guessing. You were right. It's 4 out of 5. Excellent. It is my review. It's just, it's just me. It's just you. Robin is actually Sandro, spelt wrong. Mm. <laughs> um, Thursa says... Immature and nonsensical, a fairy tale mishmash without much of any meaning, moral or otherwise. It would be dishonest if I just followed up the supposed experts and gave this weird time killer any more than a star. That's rough. What a rough review from <laughs> yeah. Karen the Mum right there. Yeah, I don't think she liked this one. So it's going to be a star then. Surely it's just right? one star. Right, Sandro? But what a. What, what do you think? What do you think? Well, uh, I'm going to say one star because I got the best. I I hope for the best in people. Yeah, it's one out of, it's one out of yeah, five. Yeah, good. Because if it was 0.5, I'd, I'd just go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, Greg's review, though. I think it's more on my wavelength. Uh, very effective in transporting you to the pick's time and setting. Yeah, agreed. Um, 3.5. Ah, uh, it's 2.5. Oh, 2.5. okay. Not super positive, then. And then finally, Kristen says, can't describe exactly why I like this picture. It was really interesting to watch unfold, dot, dot, dot. Although, I didn't necessarily understand everything that was going on. Seems like a lot of people, yeah, don't completely understand this movie, which makes me feel less dumb for also not understanding most of this movie. It was vague, that's for sure. Uh... I did like it, though. I'm going to stick with that 3.5. Ah, it's 4 out of 5. Ah. 4 out of 5 again. A little higher. There we go. There we go. And that's that's the end. And that's the review. So that's the, that's the episode. We're done. Pack it up. Go home. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. Pack it up. Go home. What is this? Yeah, pack it up and get home. <laughs> Stop your work wherever you are, you know, out yeah. on the street, highway, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Stop, Stop. it. Go home. Just go home. Just go home. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening uh, as always if you like the show uh, you can let us know on iTunes by leaving a review you can let us know on YouTube whenever I remember to upload this episode there uh, in the comment section you can let us know on our Instagram on our Facebook page on our email oldiebodygoodypod at gmail.com uh, if you're new to this show and came for the artsy discussion we're sorry 
Um, so, yeah, we'll yeah. probably do maybe one more artsy film this year, and then that's it. But maybe over on Patreon we'll do some more. We did do one recently, Full Metal Jacket, a little bit of an artsy sort of film. Uh, up on up on Patreon right now. You can join the uh, Bad Porridge Club for upwards of five US dollars a month and, and get upwards of two bonus episodes every single month. We're doing The Evil Dead right now mm. uh, for the next two months. Very keen to work our way through that series. Oh, it's good fun. It's good fun so far. And uh, yeah, for the remake, we are getting Scorn Gaming on for that one. Big announcement. You heard it here first next month. It's going to be fun. Boom, boom. Scorny boy. Is that everything? That's everything. I think that's everything. I think that's everything. Thanks for listening. You've got to pick next week's movie, Sandro. All right. So there's a few movies for you to choose from. We're getting a lot of options recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one particularly, you have a lot of options this week. And some potentially good ones. We have Amazon Woman on the Moon. <laughs> Wait, what was that title? Amazon Woman on the Moon. I love that. It's a parody oh. of low-budget sci-fi movies. It's 21 short sketches by filmmakers like Joe Dante, oh. director of Gremlins and Inner Space. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. 21, that's a lot of sketches to talk about. Yeah, 21. Maybe the, Maybe that's Patreon. <laughs> yeah, but that sounds pretty cool. Fatal Attraction. A married man who has a weekend affair with a woman refuses to allow it to end and become obsessed with them. I hate that. Yep, me too. (laughs) Hellraiser. Classic horror where there's a puzzle box thing and it summons some scary demon things that don't know the difference between pain and pleasure. Mr. Pinhead. (laughs) Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. hey, Hellraiser is the next killer in Dead by Daylight. That game that I play and also hate. Uh, I hate that game, but I keep playing it. What's wrong with me? Yep. Welcome to modern gaming, uh, where you just play one big multiplayer game and hate it. I hate it. I hate everything. I tried to play Control for like three minutes the other day, and I was like, I just, I'm just going to play Dead by Daylight, even though it's a way worse game. I'm just going to go play that instead. Yeah. Weird stuff. My one's League. Anyway, we have Maurice. Uh, it's a story of repressed gay love during the early nineties uh, or nineteen hundreds, I should say, not nineties, nineteen hundreds. I mean, I was was gonna say it's we're doing eighty seven, and the nineties are after that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The nineteenth century. This looks really good. Yeah, no, this sounds like a like, like a good film. Hugh Grant's in it. Wow, I like yeah, like Hugh Grant, Ben Kinsley. Yeah, that, that was good. Or or maybe we do the pickup artist. No. Robbie Downey Jr. Ooh. is a womanizing pickup artist oh. who accidentally falls in love. I'll think about that one for a bit. Keep going. <laughs> I won't. The principal, Jim uh, Belushi. Belushi. I'm going to call him Jim Yoshi. Jim Yoshi. <laughs> yep. Blue Yoshi. Mm. Teams up with security guards of the school he's principal of. To stop drugs from getting in. That sounds fun. And finally, Tough Guys Don't Dance. That's a terrible title. <laughs> yep, a writer wakes up with a tattoo and a girlfriend. It's just like, how did this happen? Oh, it's an it. Oh. Yep. Amnesia hangover movies. I'm just so done with them. Oh. There's so many. Yeah, there was there was that one one about a hangover. What was it called? What was that one? Uh, oh, yeah. The Hangover. Oh. And... Um, that was the only movie that should have been made, the first one, and no other movies. Yeah, even the ones that did the same sort of thing but came before The Hangover, they still shouldn't oh, yeah. have been no, made. Oh, yeah, no, shouldn't have been made. No, no, no. Just The Hangover. Right, so the options were Amazon, Women on the Moon. That would be fun, but I don't know how we do 21 short sketches in an episode. Yeah, we might, we might try and do a little, little Patreon thing for that. That sounds good. Hell no to Fatal Attraction. Hell no to Pickup Artist, though I do love Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Hell no to the, that last Amnesia Hangover movie. <laughs> Tough guys don't dance. Who am I kidding around? I'm picking Hellraiser. Hellraiser! Yeah! Yeah, I think it was pretty obvious we were going to go Hellraiser. Yeah. Although Maurice does sound very good, and I might try and watch it if I can find it. I would like less Reese. Ha ha. 
That's a very oh, subtle dig at friend of the show Reese Parton right there. Got what? him. No, no, that's not what I meant at all. Oh, no. Now you've twisted my words. Oh, no. <laughs> I love Reese. He's great. Anyway, uh, Hellraiser next week. Have you seen Hellraiser before? No, I don't think I have seen Hellraiser. You know what? I haven't either. Whoa. I've been meaning to. Fresh boys. Fresh boys. We'll do that next week. Also, um, there was a Rick and Morty episode recently that kind of parodied Hellraiser. Ah. Uh, that was quite good. It's a relevancy. Nice. There was also a, a Rick and Morty episode recently that mentioned the movie Chud, which we did last mm. year, and name-dropped the sequel Chud to Bud the Chud, which is the most obscure reference to a dumb sequel no one remembers. <laughs> which is fantastic. Good on them. You know what? That's the my number one favourite thing about doing this podcast is now I get these random obscure <laughs> references that I never would have gotten in a million years. Yeah. One guy came in with a Toxic Avenger shirt at my work one day and I was like, oh my God. You've seen that movie now. Someone else, someone else that is, has exists has seen this movie. I was like, oh, hey, yeah, I love trauma movies. And he was like, oh, cool, someone's watched trauma. And we were, like, talking about trauma movies for a bit. Nice. And I didn't mention the podcast at all. Ah, rude. I'd, I'd suggest my podcast to people, just not people who know things about movies, you know. That is a good point. <laughs> this episode's going to annoy a lot of YouTube people. <laughs> good on them. We'll wrap it up there. Um, Your favourite quote? Mine's going to be, the sharpest blade cannot cut its own handle. It's a good one. There's a lot of, like, African proverbs that are really really solid my cock has betrayed me <laughs> i knew it was gonna be that one <laughs> i might have been betrayed by my penis and you never said don't bang my wife <laughs> <laughs> okay all right cut cut the script <laughs> mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.